Rich Evans is coming up right now to speak to us for the last time as a member of our staff. He and his wife, Missy, are leaving January the 15th to be the lead pastor at Monroe Church of the Nazarene in Monroe, Michigan, and we're going to miss him so much. But before he goes, I wanted to, because I'm coming to you from my sister-in-law's laundry room, you can see the washing machine behind me here. Uh, I'm here for a specific reason. Uh, but let me tell you three reasons why I'm so inspired by Rich as a leader and why I'm so excited for him in this next chapter of his life as we get to send them uh, to serve that church there. Uh, number one, he is so sincere. You know if Rich tells you something, he means it from the bottom of his heart. His words all count. His words all land where they're supposed to land. That's an incredibly inspiring quality in a leader. Number two, Rich is a learner. He's always growing. He's always reading. He's always expanding. That's an amazing quality in a leader. And then number three, and the reason I'm in my sister-in-law's laundry room that you can see here behind me, is that he's a servant. He's willing to do anything for anyone at any time. And in that way, he is like the Jesus that we are called to follow. And so we bless him and Missy as they go. And so right now, I'd like for you, if you would, to give a rousing uh, round of applause for Rich and Missy and the service they've given to the Life Community Church of these last many, many years. We love you, Rich. Rich Evans is coming up. Well, thank you. Um, from the bottom of my heart, from my wife and I, we really appreciate all the support that we've ever had here at Real Life. Um, I, I came across a quote this week <clears throat> that really made me reflect, and it was a quote by Neil Armstrong. And, I, and he said this, <clears throat> when he landed on the moon and he came back, he said this, this is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Now, I, now think about that. I started reflecting on that and I started realizing that um, I didn't get here today by a leap. I walked in this building uh, in 2002 as a broken single divorced dad with two little boys. I accepted the Lord in this room as my Savior. I was baptized in this room. I met my wife in this auditorium. I was asked to be a part of the student ministries by a youth pastor at the time, right down front here. And along the way, I accepted the call that God had placed upon my life to be a, to be a pastor. And what I realized that back then, what I didn't know now, is I could not have told you then how I would get here today. How did I get from there to here? So I want to invite you to stand with me, and I want to read a passage of Scripture, and I want to unpack this to you this morning to help kind of paint a, a story of how I got where I am today. And hopefully, as we're looking to the new year, maybe you'll be inspired also, not just to take a leap, but a step. You can read it on your smartphone. You can read it on this thing we call a Bible. That's okay. You can read it on the screen behind me. Jesus says in Mark 8, verses 34 through 35, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for bringing us together today to, to celebrate the end of a new year and to look forward to a new year. God, as we get ready to unpack this scripture, work in and through me, Lord. Let your words be, my words be your words. 
Inspire us, God. Guide us and impress upon our hearts what you and only you can teach us. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. So going back to Neil Armstrong for a moment, how did we get from here to the moon? That was a question that John F. Kennedy in the early 1960s uh, challenged NASA to do. John F. Kennedy said, listen, we want to put a man on the moon and we want to be able to bring him safely back to earth. Here's the deal. It took NASA many years to work out the wrinkles in order to land this man on the moon. In fact, NASA launched numerous Apollo missions before finally reaching their goal. In January of 1967, I'm going to date myself just so I'll give you some perspective. I'm 50 years old as of this year. I was born in 1967 in October, but in January of that year, uh, Apollo 1 was launched. Or should I say it wasn't launched? It was an epic, tragic failure. Three astronauts died on the launching pad. Apollo missions 7 and 9, they orbited the Earth to test the modules. Apollo missions 8 and 10 orbited the moon, tested the components, and why they were there, took pictures of the lunar surface. But finally, with Apollo 11, in July of 1969, the mission was accomplished. You realize that it took 11 missions to get to the moon. And what we need to realize is that every mission was necessary. Even when it didn't feel like they were making progress, every mission was necessary. And upon landing on the moon, like I mentioned earlier, Neil Armstrong says these words, this is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but when I come to the end of the year, I love to reflect back on the, on the whole year that I had just gone through. I, I look back and think of what are the things I could change, what are the things I want to change going into the new year. And as I was looking at this passage, I started reflecting back. I was asking myself, what was Neil Armstrong actually trying to say in this, in this quote? I mean, have you really thought about what he was trying to say? After all these missions, all those little steps, the leap, was finally accomplished. One man was actually able to walk on the moon. What Neil Armstrong was saying in this moment was that this would not have been possible if it wasn't for everyone that was involved, all of mankind. In other words, it was an accumulation of those little steps that finally led to the giant leap of walking on the moon. Now, here's what I know. We all know that while probably we know this in our heads, that steps are necessary, it's so easy for us to get focused on the end. In other words, in 2002, I accepted Jesus in my heart. I prayed the prayer and said, Jesus, would you be the Savior of my life? And in my mind, I became destination-oriented and said, okay, I'm going to go to heaven. Now, that's very much true. But somewhere along the process, I think we oftentimes forget all that God wants to do in our life between then and then, between there and then. You see, when it, when it comes to our walk with God, we're so obsessed in getting quick results. That's why we make, that's why we make New Year's resolutions every year. Think about this. People go on weight, weight, they go on weight loss pills so that they can instantly lose weight in, in a number of days. That's why a lot of us like instant anything whether it's oatmeal, cookie dough, microwaves. I mean, if you think about it, it just makes sense. We don't want to take the time that some things require 
to get the results we want. In fact, when it comes to how we relate to God, the very faith journey that we are all on, we're not really step-oriented. We're more destination-oriented. So as I unpack this this morning, if I can impart any wisdom onto you this today and into the new year, I want to I I share one thing with you today that I've learned. Following Jesus has more to do with steps than it has to do with leaps. See, we want results, but we don't want to go through the steps to get them. In other words, we, we have this immediate gratification mindset. Self-gratification, we want it right now. We don't want to go through the work. We don't want to go through the long haul. But I'm 50 years old. And you know what I've learned about life, like many of you have? Life does not work that way. At least not in all cases. I mean, we have, we have to go through the work. You know, think about this. My, my grandbabies are here this morning, and you know what I know? They didn't just come out of their mother's womb and start running and jumping. I've watched them over the last couple days. You know what I learned about them? They're barely learning how to roll over. See, babies have to learn to roll over, set up, crawl, learn to take steps, fail along the way, but eventually, eventually, they'll learn to run. They'll learn to jump. I mean, this, isn't this how life is supposed to work? Isn't it how life works? See, no one is an instant musical genius or a sports prodigy. It all takes time. It requires progress, little by little, bit by bit. So why would it be any different with our faith journey? I mean, we expect it to be, but in reality, we all know down deep it isn't. We want to feel like we've arrived, like we made that giant leap to the moon without actually taking the necessary steps to get there. See, we have an idea, at least I did back in 2002, and maybe you've been this way. You, you, in your mind, you look at and you think of what a mature Christian should look like. You want to be that way. You want to orient your life around that way. But then when you look in the mirror and you see yourself or you look at your life, you realize that it doesn't look anything of what you have imagined. In other words, you feel like you've fallen short and you get frustrated that you aren't there yet. And then you begin to wonder, is there a quick fix? Is there something I can just reach right into and grab and apply to my life right now where I can just arrive? Here's the reality. It doesn't work that way. You know what I've learned? I've learned that when I have these type of questions, life's toughest questions, there's only one place for me to go to look, and that's into the Gospels. And, and, I, and I had to ask myself, and I want you to ask yourself this question. What is Jesus commanding us to do? What does it look like? Only he would know best. And in, and, in, and in Mark 8, verses 34 to 35, what we just read up on the screen, Jesus tells us exactly what it looks like to follow him. Here's what he says. If anyone should come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. See, in that short little passage, here's what I can tell you. Jesus cares about the results. Jesus has goals for our lives. 
And in these verses, Jesus gives us a glimpse of what following him is all about. And I think, and I really believe this in my heart, and I've learned this over the years, that he isn't expecting us to get there right away. Oftentimes, I think we approach our faith with a 50-yard dash mindset when we should be approaching it. It's a marathon. It's a process. See, John F. Kennedy understood that they weren't going to land a man on the moon instantaneously. It was going to be a process. There were steps that were going to be required, and eventually they would get there. And I believe that Jesus is telling us the same thing. He's saying in this passage, he's saying, I want you to take up your cross. I want you to turn from your life of sin. Now, let me stop here for a moment. When you look at that passage and you break it down, what he says is, I want you to take up your cross. Now, if you look at cross in the early Roman Empire, the cross was a symbol of death. In fact, Jesus died on a cross. You know what he's saying to us? Is he's saying, listen, something has to die. In other words, that self-gratification, self-seeking attitude, your selfish attitude needs to die. In other words, we need to learn to die to ourselves. We need to turn from our sin. You know what sin is? The easy explanation that I can give you, sin is anything that we put in front of our relationship with God. Anything we adore, anything we admire, it's the very thing that separates us from all that God wants for our lives. See, Jesus is saying in this passage, and it's the same thing he's, he keeps telling me, and he's telling us over and over and over, Jesus says this, I want to invite you on a journey. And he knows that it's going to take some time for us to arrive at the place where he envisions us. There are no quick fixes. There is no easy way. You see, there are steps. There's small steps. There's bigger steps. There's irregular steps. There's backward steps. There's consistent steps. Jesus is doing this. He's inviting us to move. I mean, think about this. We're ending a year, going into the new year, and honestly, if we had to be honest, in our mind, we're already thinking about how we're going to move into the new year. Well, Jesus is inviting us to move now. <coughs> Denying yourself, learning to, to work past your selfish nature is not a, just a one-time decision. You can't just simply say, okay, you know what? Today, I've decided that I'm going to quit doing all the things that God doesn't want me to do and all the things that I know I shouldn't be doing, and I'm going to do everything that God wants me to do. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to start right now. It doesn't work that way. I can't do it. I've learned that. In one moment, I can be super motivated and inspired, and I can want to live one way, only to find, take pastor off my head for a moment, uh, it, it's, a, it's a calling, it's an honor to be a pastor, but I'm just like anybody else in this room. I'm trying to figure it out as well. I could be super inspired and motivated in one moment, only to find out five minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes, I've simply blown it by something that I said, something that I did, maybe I hurt somebody. And I guess I could probably say that you've had a similar experience. Maybe you've tried laying off using certain words that you probably would have never said in front of your grandmother. Maybe, maybe right now you're sitting there saying, okay, you know what? <sighs> 2017 is a wash. 
but 2018, less than 24 hours, it's going to be here. And tomorrow I'm going to wake up, I'm going to read my Bible for an hour, I'm going to pray. Let's be honest. You know what's going to happen tomorrow? You're going to hit the snooze button because that annoying alarm is going to go off at 5.36 o'clock in the morning. I mean, why doesn't just simply having willpower work? It's because we don't understand that it takes time to make a change. Let me, let me say it this way. Trying to make something happen overnight makes it even more likely that it's not going to happen. Let me say it again. Trying to make it happen overnight makes it even more likely that it won't because we don't put the hard work into knowing that change happens step by step. Look at a guy from Scripture. One of the guys in the Scripture that I think my life has mimicked a lot of times, and that's the, that's the Apostle Peter, one of the disciples. You see, Peter took the invitation to follow, follow Jesus very seriously. I mean, when you look at the story of his life, you're going to see that there were sometimes he moved forward, there were sometimes he moved backwards, but here's the thing, Peter was always moving, and sometimes forward or backwards. And in Matthew 14, let's take a look at that, Peter had been following Jesus for a while, watching him do amazing things, and all of a sudden, he and the other disciples decided to get into a boat, set out on a lake in the midst of the middle of the night, and they found themselves in the midst of a raging storm. And all of a sudden, as the boat is rocking, they look out over the bow, and they see a figure walking towards them. And as they look closer, they're not sure who it is, but it's Jesus walking on the water. Jesus wasn't in a canoe. He wasn't kayaking. He was literally walking on the water towards them. And, and because they couldn't make it out, they got deathly scared. They thought it was a ghost. And here's what the text says what happens next. But if Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked down the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me! And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. So in this story, you know that Peter took a huge leap, a huge step by getting out of the boat to walk on the water. He wanted to be so much like Jesus, he was willing to step out of the boat and walk on the water like his master. But then he got scared. He looked around at the wind. He felt the waves crushing against him. All of a sudden, he felt like he was alone trying to do the impossible, and he got scared. He took his eyes off of Jesus. See, he stopped trusting, and I think oftentimes we do this, when the struggles and storms of life come our way. He stopped trusting that Jesus was going to take care of him. And then he started to sink. Can you imagine how he must have felt at that moment? How ashamed he felt? Like all of a sudden he took this huge step backwards in his relationship with the Lord. He cries out, Lord, save me. What might look like a baby step forward wasn't as big as the huge step of getting out of the boat. Here's the thing. It was still a step towards Jesus. In other words, Peter was saying, you know, Jesus, 
I know that you can trust, that I can trust you to rescue me out of any mess that I'm currently in or any struggle that I'm currently struggling with. You know what I love about this passage? The thing that really captures my heart, that really reassured me in all the times in my journey with the Lord when I have my struggles and stuff, is that Jesus reached out right where he was at and saved him. In other words, Jesus met Peter. Jesus meets us right where we are. See, he took a big step forward, a big step backward, and then he took a baby step forward. And if you look at the Gospels and you study the life of Peter, you're going to see that he does this over and over in the Gospels. One minute he steps forward towards the Lord, the next minute he totally denies and betrays the Lord. He takes small steps forward, big steps backwards. But here's the amazing thing that I've learned. That Jesus still invited Peter to be a part of the family. In fact, Scripture says, eventually, he used Peter to build his church. See, we learn from Peter's life that walking with Jesus, and I want you to know this, is a work in progress. See, we should always be working towards what Jesus wants for our lives. We should always be working towards something. And we need to know that when we allow the Lord to work in our hearts, that it's always God that is working within us. So don't get so freaked out that you might think that the leap is too big. Don't get so focused on the end result or where you think you should be. See, God is always at work, working in your life to get you where he wants you to be one step at a time. You see, in both of these examples, Jesus knew what was being asked of these people. And in the same way, Jesus asked us, isn't just, an impo- isn't just possibly a one-time decision? You can't just say, okay, Jesus, today I accept you and I'm going to do it. It's just not a one-time denying your life decision. It's an everyday decision that you have to do. See, Jesus understands what we could be. And he knows what we need to do to be committed to being all the things he's challenging us to be. And we have to learn, no matter how hard it is, no matter how challenging what lies ahead is, we have to learn to embrace the process. We need to be committed to the goal that he has for our lives, knowing that it's going to take blood, sweat, and tears to get there. There is no instant fixes, no immediate results, just a simple decision to start somewhere, sometime, and get moving forward. See, every big thing that Jesus asks us to do requires a step. And all the series that we had over this past year, think about this. Everything that Jesus asks us to do requires a step. To love our enemies, a step. To be patient, a step. The challenge to forgive, a step. The challenge to be thankful, a step. The challenge to move your life to Monroe, Michigan and trust that God has a plan for you, a step. The challenge to read your Bible, to pray, step, step, step. Even following him, no matter whether you're a Christian or not, requires a step. 
Jesus extends this invitation to time and time again to all those around him, all those of us in this room today with two little words. It's simply this, follow me. Follow me. For some, these words seem heavy, overwhelming, and you're reluctant to step. For others, you just step because you just know it's what you're supposed to do. But regardless of the weight of these words, the reality is that following Jesus requires a step and then another step and then another step. You know, there's a myth that says if you want to be a Christian and you want to live a life more in a Christian way, a way that pleases God, a way that with little to no work at all, that you will just simply arrive, that your life will be magically transformed, that like extreme makeover style, that you'll immediately kick the smoking habit, you'll immediately kick all those bad habits, instantly all your issues and struggles will go away if you just take this one huge, large leap. Guess what? It doesn't work that way. It's not about one large leap. It's about one step. You can't just imagine that you're going to be one person right now then make a decision and be a totally different person in the next second. It doesn't work that way. You know, I've been on so many trips over the years here, and I've taken students and adults alike on a trip, missions trips, retreats, and this always happens. Right? You can ask any one of these students that were in my student ministries. Ask them. They'll tell you. You know what they said? Man, God really moved in my life. This has been such an impacting trip. Man, I, I, I've recommitted my life to the Lord. And when I go back to Portage, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to take everything we've learned here and we're going to do it in Portage. We're going to change the world. I'm going to change my life. And you know what happens? Two or three weeks later after we get home, to look at them, nothing really changed. It's, it's not that they didn't have good intentions, because they did. It's not that they were indecisive, because they weren't. It's simply because they didn't understand that the leap they were trying to make was too big. They didn't realize the little steps, the necessary steps, the daily steps to make the goal, to make the dream, to make the result a reality. They didn't realize they needed to just make steps. Maybe you've been there. I had a friend call me one time. I was sitting in a youth office, and he called me, and he said, man, I really need to talk to you. Do you have any time today? I said, absolutely. And I could tell by the sound in his voice, he wasn't in a good place. So he came. And uh, to look at him, you knew that he was a follower of Jesus. He loved the Lord. He grew up in the church. He knew some concepts about, about the Bible. He knew who Jesus was, and he sat down and we started talking. And it didn't take me long to realize that down deep inside, what he was looking for, what he was hoping for, was a quick fix, a simple solution that would save his marriage. I remember looking at him, and I knew exactly what he was going through because I had already been, th been through that myself. And I looked at him. And all he needed to hear was that it was going to take time. That Jesus was inviting him into a deeper relationship and through baby steps, just baby steps, that God would bring hope and healing and restoration to his life. You see, when you walk with God, and he, it's inevitable that he will change you to be more like him every single day. 
See, oftentimes when we find ourselves in similar situations like my friend, we expect that we have to have it all together in order for God to help us. In fact, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that won't come to the church because they think they have to have a squeaky clean life before they can walk in the building as if the building's going to fall down on them. You, you know what? They, 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 they approach it from what we call a leap mentality. It says that you have to have every question answered before you step. The leap mentality says that you have to work out all your issues before you can step. The leap mentality says that you need to know every question to every answer, and you can't have any doubts whatsoever before you step. You know what I used to tell our students, students and I tell adults when they come to me? Never let your doubts push you away from God. Let your doubts push you towards God. The leap mentality says that you need to know every answer. The leap mentality says that once you become a Christian, once you decide to follow Jesus, that your life will become perfect immediately. But that's not the case. Here's the deal. Jesus isn't looking for leaps, just simple steps. He says, follow me. So reflecting back onto this year and looking forward into next year, if there are any changes that you need to make in your life where you think you're settling less than God's best for you, you know what? He'll get to those in time. You're a work in progress. Just take a step. See, it was in that moment upstairs in my office that my friend took a baby step, recommitted his life to God. He understood and he knew that his life wasn't perfect. He knew that he didn't have to have all the answers. He knew that he didn't have to have it all together. But he understood that by taking baby steps daily, that his faith would grow and that it would allow God to reshape his heart and his character into the very image of his son. If we're being honest, I bet a lot of us could say we've been there. We want to take a step more towards something positive but I also bet that we want to step away from some things that we shouldn't. Maybe you already follow Jesus, but there's something that needs, you need to let go in order for you to make bigger, better progress with your relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you're just not at the place to make that decision to follow Jesus. And the reason is because it seems like he's asking too much of you. Like you have to give up everything and stop doing everything in that moment. Here, here's the reality. Jesus is challenging you to give up stuff and to move away from the life that you're leading and to live the life that he wants you to. But he doesn't expect you to do it overnight. He just expects you to take a step. The point is, the good news is, all that is required right now, right now, is to take a step. Some of you this morning might be sitting here beating yourself up because you feel in your heart you can't make that leap. You're frustrated because your life isn't where you think it should be. You know what? I wonder if you're just blind to how far you've already come and you're so locked into that that you're missing out on the opportunity that God wants to present to you right now. Just remember, it's all about steps. Small steps, even barely moving steps, just be moving. See, because here's what I know, and this is what I know that I, that I rest my, my walk on, is that when I fail, because I will, the Bible says all men fall short of the glory of God. God's grace and mercy will be there right where I'm at, right where you're at every step of the way so that you can take another step. So here's my question to you this morning. What's your next step? 
maybe you just need to trust God that he even exists. Maybe you just need to trust God more with your finances, with your life, with your family, with your character. Maybe you just need to just take that one baby step. See, the step is different for each and every one of us, but every one of us has a step. We have to, there's a thing that, I, that I've learned, you have to own it and live through it. So own that step. Invite the Lord into it, and he will walk with you every step of the way. So what's the next step for you? Remember, following Jesus, if I could give you any wisdom today, if you don't remember anything that I, that I talked to you about this morning, in the 15 years that I've been here as a pastor, the one thing that I've learned is this. Following Jesus is about steps, not leaps. Just like the Apollo space missions. Is there one thing that you can do today? Don't wait till tomorrow. Is there one thing you can do today that might just be a good step? The choice we have is the one that we're making in this moment. Let me say that again. The only choice we have is the one that we're making in this moment. So what's that step? Own it, claim it, and step. Let me pray for you. God, I'm humbled and honored to, uh, to be here this morning, to have the opportunity to, uh, to be with my friends, to take the message that you've taught me over the last 15 years and to share it with them. Lord, I know each and every one of us in our own way know the things that we're struggling with. There's no one in this room that's perfect, God. We all have things we need to work on, and there's things that we need to invite you into. And Lord, sometimes we just get in the way. So Jesus, you say to us, follow me. And you're with us every step of the way. So as we embark on 2018, actually as we embark on ending 2017, help us to take that one thing that you laid up on our heart just a moment ago and to step towards you with it. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. I want to invite you to stand and I can leave you with a blessing. It's been an honor to be a part of this church. Thank you for all that you mean to my wife and I. We love you. May you know the God that loves you. He thinks you're amazing. And he knows that you got challenges and struggles. He's inviting you to take a step. To love him, to love people, and to serve his world. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.